Hello, this is Darren Pulsifer, Chief Solution Architect of Public Sector at Intel. And welcome to Embracing Digital Transformation, where we investigate effective change leveraging people, process, and technology. On today's episode, Resilient Analytics in Logistics with special guest Adrian Kazowski, Chief Product Officer at Pathway. Adrian, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here, Darren. So, Adrian, before we get into what Pathways is or in, in, and all that, let's first t- tell my audience a little bit about yourself and, and where you come from and uh, why you're doing what you're doing. <laughs> my background is in distributed computing. Uh, so I actually went through a research career, uh, largely in France, uh, with uh, some of the leading engineering schools and institutes in Réacol Polytechnique, studying different aspects of distributed systems and optimization in distributed systems. Um, I did a mix of uh, distributed computing and understanding uh, how computations scale and looking at how real-world systems can be modeled from a distributed computing perspective. So there are a lot of systems in the real world, which include everything from transportation uh, to actual um, social interactions between animals and others that can be modeled with a distributed computing perspective. Oh, very cool. (laughs) So, so I had this like double a double approach to to it, and I belong to the distributed computing uh, community. Um, it's a it, it's a research community that that studies how to m- make sure local algorithms uh, can be proved uh, useful for for computations and for understanding systems. Uh, and this is a bit of my um, my DNA, and uh, it it somehow naturally. Um, led us when when we were creating pathway uh, to uh, to to study uh, systems which can be um, modeled understood uh, from the same local perspective of local interactions local changes in in systems so I really like your approach because I'm a systems guy too I like to look at things at a systems level and and go down so how does a real world interact can I model that can I improve it um, through distributed systems. I love it. So, I mean, this, this is awesome. I, I get to talk to someone that understands me, uh, which is, which is great for, for me. So when, when you started uh, looking at this, what was some of the biggest challenges you ran into with the current way that, um, the industry is tackling this problem of mirroring or optimizing current systems, a d- distributed system, real world um, type things like logistics or like you said, social interaction, um, things like that. So what was the biggest challenges you found in, in doing that? So when we started, uh, we started out with uh, data in the logistics and transportation vertical. Um, a lot of the data was beginning to come from uh, IoT sources, automatically collected uh, traces of how um how objects move around Um, and this is very interesting data because uh, on the one hand it's extremely simple to describe 
what's going on in this data. I just have some traces like a timestamp, GPS location, latitude, longitude. So there's not so much to it, perhaps some event that is associated with this data. But on the other hand, aggregating this data at scale and making sense of what's going on across multiple devices is a major challenge. So uh, we found ourselves on the intersection of working with real-time data coming in from the edge uh, and the necessity to make sense of it, to structure it, to do log logical conclusions, which be belong to the realm of some kind of machine learning analytics. So this was the major challenge, but somehow we found ourselves in between um, advanced analytics uh, capabilities that were required of these systems to deliver value and um, a streaming approach of an event driven approach to sourcing data and we needed to put the two together right well and th this is a this is a, a big problem that a lot of people actually have right how do i run deep analytics on streaming data um and like you said ai has now grown up enough where we can probably leverage some ai but uh, right, I mean, it is it is the time for AI, and <laughs> it yeah, is it is. For... I mean, yeah, we we could have Chat GPT solve all the world's problems, according to some people, but <laughs> not logistics problems. <laughs> it's it, it's too, but um, a lot of uh, focus in AI is um, I wouldn't like to say consumer facing, but it's very much about uh, increasing productivity of people and uh, the, the part of um, analytics that we took on was really much closer to uh, bringing value insight out of data sources. So it's more on the enterprise analytical backbone side of things, which which I think is more important, frankly. Um, because uh, we're talking big systems. So small changes can make big impact um, into um, industries, not just individual companies, but industries, especially with logistics, because you're actually dealing with several different companies at the same time uh, with logistics, right? Indeed, indeed. And logistics is a fascinating area just because of what you said, that uh, the market is so concentrated that just making a small improvement in one single process um, makes an enormous difference for, uh, well, the world economy, actually. Because if you think about it, uh, transportation is something like 10% of overall industry production of GDP. Uh, and then if, if you look at it, like world trade is highly concentrated. Most of the value of uh, goods that are being shipped um, is, is linked to containerized shipping. And uh, this is controlled by a handful of companies, five major players on the maritime side uh, control half of the market uh, in, in, in terms of uh, like freight forwarders and, and, and outsourced logistics processes. This is also a highly concentrated market so these are enormous processes which uh, span millions of containers, each of which having value of merchandise transported in the tens of thousands of dollars, sometimes much more. And all of this is, 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 is like one data source, which is maybe not even completely enormous in, in terms of data size. And uh, any kind of like tuning analytics improvement on top of this allows uh, to do value all across the operations for tokens.
Now, what, what are some of the issues that you run into when collecting data from the edge, um, especially with logistics data? Because you said the data, the data is pretty simple, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Latitude, longitude, a timestamp, maybe a little bit more data on, on what you're tracking, but what are some of the challenges with distribute with, with gathering this data from, I would call it the extreme edge because some of these containers out in the middle of the ocean, right? That's an extreme edge case, right? So the, the, the situation is in some sense optimistic in that the catalog of problems is rather limited. It seems that um, the, the problems that, that, that appear are pretty consistent across different types of uh, IoT devices involved and different types of collection. Um, there are, generally speaking, issues associated with the devices as such, with the sensors that are responsible for measurement, and there are issues related to communication. Both types of uh, issues appear. Um, interestingly uh, enough, the um, there's a lot of um, misconceptions about uh, what these devices, these edge devices are actually uh, capable of and how they can be expected to perform. Um, it's, if, if, if we think of logistics processes, uh, you may have a container that's traveling for weeks without a power source. So you have a battery powered uh, IoT device, which needs to optimize energy clearly uh, and uh, apart from the fact that energy is an issue which means that communication is an issue have to optimize yeah. bits of communication uh, you also have the issue of um, basically i don't know how to put it like stability and reliability of these edge devices if a device fails or or, or, or crashes this is a major major issue which means that uh, you you should have a way of optimizing these uh, what these devices do without uh, without them caching or performing incorrectly or getting jammed or stuck so there's like one major source of uh, source of issues is that trying to make smart devices, devices that um, do measurements in a smart way adaptively or that do communication in a smart way also means that these devices may malfunction or not follow specification or just get stuck in off state with no way of reaching them. So this is like one category of issues which, uh, which, which uh, vary widely uh, according to uh, manufacturer of, of, of device. So it's actually possible to benchmark uh, these devices and see that theoretically similar devices have very different profiles in terms of uh, the errors that they're generating. Um, there are issues uh, related to the fact that we're talking about the extreme edge uh, and it's, it's, it's uh, devices that lose connectivity regularly, that they will need to catch up at some point and communicate late data points uh, to, uh, to let's say the cloud in inverted commas to, uh, to, to the centralized uh, data collection. And uh, this is a major issue, especially if you think from a streaming perspective, because uh, streaming systems are traditionally not so used to handling out of order. Uh, out of order data, yeah, data. that's an issue. <laughs> yeah. 
So, so it's adverse. And then uh, by now we've learned to recognize uh, the typical patterns of errors that we see with uh, GPS uh, issues with uh, positioning issues. These are quite fascinating, actually, and many of them are, are related to, um, to kind of like, I wouldn't like to say cover-ups, but they are indeed cover-ups of a device that wasn't really measuring, but was communicating some data anyway, based on some extrapolation of what it thought was right, and there's no way to, you know, to cleanly distinguish what's an actual measurement and what's a guess by the device. So it's... it's, it's so of... it's a lot... It's interesting, because I would have thought that the data would be a lot cleaner. It sounds like the data is noisy, can come out of out of order, and for like you said, for real time systems, they're used to events coming in order, right? So this is a pretty because of the not the data itself, but the way that the data is collected and where it's being generated, it ends up being pretty complex. It does indeed. It does indeed, and uh, there are some issues that we see no way of resolving that are inherent to the data and this out of order arrival is is one example there are some uh, issues that um, require contextual data analysis which means that interpreting the meaning of a given data point and learning to distinguish issues with uh, the, the measurement from issues uh, with the actual process that's being faced very much depends on the context where this measurement was made, what were the precedent measurements, what other devices measured in a similar location. So uh, one example is, let's say, temperature measurements. If we are thinking about uh, sensitive shipments where temperatures uh, need to be uh, kept below a certain threshold, it's absolutely normal that only the part of the uh, shipment which is actually sensitive has this temperature uh, controlled. Whereas uh, the, uh, the, de the device, the measurement device, is associated with a box, and in some in some cases, it's perfectly normal that the temperature of the box will go up when refrigeration is no longer needed, for example. So, so there's no need to raise an alarm. Um, and the the kind of issues with today's supply chains is that. Uh, all of this has to be, to some extent, inferred. There's no super precise information which would tell the unfortunate uh, IoT device if the cargo has been loaded inside the box which contains the IoT device or not. All of this is a little bit um, requires a little bit of, of heuristic inference. Um, fascinating stuff. So, um, what are the what are the effects of not having accurate data, um, and in timely accurate data, because you, you said there's lots of, lots of different things, right? I've got some data that's inferred, some, some real data, some not things coming. So what's the effect on the logistics chain by, because I, I guess our, I, I shouldn't say our supply chain is great, even though it's actually pretty good. When you think the worldwide supply chain it's been pretty robust for several years. I mean, COVID kind of threw a kink in some of that, right? Um, but what's the effects of having this data that's not necessarily accurate um, to the industry um, today? So if, if, if we look at supply chains specifically, um, the current state of uh, the, the use of the data is that it's still not widely used in aggregation. Um, that is, if you 
if you think of uh, a given shipment, a given piece of cargo as being important, you taste it, and the conclusions uh, that, do, that, that uh, concern this given shipment are obtained from the data which it collects. There's uh, very um, little in terms of systems that to, that are able to aggregate data across multiple devices to do conclusions uh, that allow to optimize, optimize, for example, transportation networks, that allow to um, minimize um, risks to transport or to actually uh, to, to, to find these risks out in advance. Um, and in, indeed, um, the one thing that, uh, that COVID um, forced us to think about was really uh, moving to a new normal and that supply chains reorganized in a completely different way and based on um, relatively small amounts, small data samples, um, the, it, there was a need to, um, to figure out the new processes and to understand uh, whether these new processes make sense uh, without um, being able to rely on uh, the aggregated experience of humans who'd been uh, experts in the field for tens of years. Well, yeah, yeah, you've got all that. <laughs> and this is really interesting because it's not just tribal knowledge inside one organization. It's tribal knowledge across an aggregate of companies. Because um, like we said, in logistics, there is this knowledge that's kind of gained across several verticals and across uh, several organizations on how everything works. I, right? I mean, is there anyone out there that can draw a picture of our global supply chain of accurately? It's super difficult. And actually one of the, uh, one of the, the main, um, the main changes of a main potentials for change that we're observing with the existence of IoT uh, like data sources and the ro massive rollout of IoT is that uh, this visibility and this observability of what's going on becomes end-to-end -end, which means that uh, we actually have start to have data which is not partitioned by um, what's known or visible to a given subcontact or a given link in the supply chain, but we have like a global view of processes, which is quite fascinating from the point of view of analytics capacity it unlocks and the potential for uh, for improvement for different actors. So in some cases, this potential um, means that there's something that's really actionable, like I can improve a process. In some cases, it's actionable because it provides information about what to expect. We can expect congestion, we can expect damage in the next few days and gives the time to prepare and to adapt other processes potentially downstream in the supply chain or related to retail um, when waiting for, for supply to, to be able to cushion potential blows before they actually come to be proactive. So when, you're, when, when you guys are um, attacking a market like this, where there's several different organizations, is there is there one that you're really going after to say if if we can get them to adopt new techniques of of gathering data and ingesting and curating data and building insight from that that will give such an impact into the global supply chain? 
Is there is there a group or a, a segment that you guys are focusing on where you think that'll be the biggest impact? I'd say that um, there's a big will of actors to collaborate in terms of um, putting into place uh, new methods of treating data. Uh, while, of course, this is a kind of competitive advantage and whoever adopts it first, adopts it first. Um, it's uh, it's it traditionally was um, not the main angle, the main type of differentiation between uh, between companies that do actually op that do actual operations in the physical world uh, so there's some will to uh, to cooperate and to 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 catch up uh, and to to adopt new approaches all across the board basically if, if one major actor adopts um, something across their operations some kind of everyone else does everyone too. else does so so this is so the, it's it's a weird so it's almost like a competitive collaboration to kind of lift the whole industry as a whole is that it's 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 this and it's uh, it, it's also um a question of finding shortcuts to um to, to making an organization data driven um because there's some organizations i should name amazon here obviously but alibaba as well and others that uh, that, that have uh, that actually no longer moonlighting as uh, data providers <laughs> they are data centric organizations in, in, in all the aspects uh, and these uh, these organizations have um have data at their heart and it's kind of more obvious for them to work with data there are other organizations uh, for which it is less obvious and that are very much looking for for shortcuts to uh, get the similar level of value from their data uh, and to, to to actually lead or, or, or compete on, on equal terms uh, uh, that, that's really interesting so alibaba and amazon are kind of pushing the industry as a whole because they are data driven they are data centric, so the others have to follow where they die. It's right. It 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 is. Uh, I, I I guess it it is the case that uh, actors who don't um, have this data DNA run the risk of uh, commoditization in the sense that they become uh, something like physical subcontractors who just operate certain operations but lose the the link with, uh, with, with, with clients and with uh, the actual management of this. All right, so let's shift gears a little bit and talk about pathway, right? Because your background is your background's incredible. You understand this space really well. So why develop? pathway because there were other there, there's other data streaming technologies out there open source we could talk about kafka we can talk about flink we can talk about spark that do data analytics on, on big data analytics right so why do something different why i mean what makes you guys so unique besides adrian obviously besides your knowledge of distributed systems is, i mean why do something different? In, in, indeed, uh, we were uh, when doing when doing pathway uh, when when we got to the place when we did we did pathway we did it for uh, for the reason that we were missing a tool and uh, we felt that we were missing a tool that would resolve uh, what we needed to do and we needed to uh, 
develop advanced analytics pipelines on top of data streams, notably data streams that were coming from IoT, but in general event streams uh, data, um, we found uh, that the existing frameworks were um, deficient for, for multiple reasons um, that uh, the uh, what, what we were looking for was a certain ease of describing logic as if it were meant for a batch system and making sure it works in a real-time system with out-of-order data that it relieves whoever's designing the system of this need to care about manual event processing while under the hood being an event processing system. Um, so the... It's a strange place to be in. I mean, anytime anyone thinks about getting delayed events, my the first thing that comes to my mind is, oh, you got to batch this stuff up. It's got to be batched. And then, so you're almost, you're spanning the space between batch and, and real-time systems with constant continuity of of events and, and things like that, right? So you're spanning this really nebulous space in between, which the real world works in, right? Instead of the computer world, right? The real world works in messiness, right? Things coming in and out of order and 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 all this. So I think this is this is brilliant. Thanks, uh, but definitely we, uh, I think, a lot of data collection efforts, if you think about it, about the real world, uh, even if you think about something like uh, server monitoring, server performance monitoring, log monitoring and the like, we are thinking here about the hardware and the hardware is about a device which uh, which may mal malfunction, it's the physics that comes in and the fact that it may break and it's uh, about things like overheating and, and failures and so on. So um, so a lot of these efforts about, uh, about data, data that concerns physical things done by physical entities, either machines or in some cases humans, if we talk about consumer behavior. So it's it's it's, it's kind of uh, the, the natural uh, way event streams behave and, and indeed um, working with um, IoT data of the kind that we were working first um, made us ready for certain complexities of, of data when we're talking about anomaly detection alerting with out-of-order data, uh, with uh, data that, um, that has uh, elements of both time series and geospatial elements. So we need to prepare for, for all of the, the complexities uh, here, graph type and, and analysis, iterative graph algorithms and so on. And um, we, we found that, uh, in fact, if you take something like an iterative graph algorithm. Uh, remarkably, few of the current solutions, I'd say none that's cloud agnostic is prepared to handle uh, this type of approach uh, to be able to, to have an algorithm which works until convergence, for example, or to, to optimize, to apply um, rules in, in, um, in, in, a, in, a, in a given order, in a loop, etc. So, so the, there were things that were very much missing from existing frameworks which we resolved in Pathway. Um, and we found ourselves being a bridge uh, that allows to, to conveniently express in, in, in Python um, the, the uh, different ways of aggregating, harmonizing uh, data, enriching it, and creating data pipelines that take data from different sources and uh, Add add value to uh, value to the data in the sense that add 
structure and add extra extra information to the data uh, to, to, to be able to use it downstream in, in uh, business intelligence and analytics. Yeah, that was one interesting thing when we talked before that I thought was, was cool was the same um, Python scripts that I write for data streaming analytics can be used in batch as well. Because you guys kind of span, you, you, you connect the two together very well. So I can run my, run my real-time analytics and then also go and do even more deep learning or deep um, analytics on things that have happened in the past as well without having to rewrite everything. I think that's actually uh, a huge benefit to a lot of data scientists and data engineers. Indeed, the, the amount of uh, history that can be taken into account is uh, much, much larger. Basically, whatever fits in the machines that are running the computation can be um, can be included. And this is uh, a big difference from, uh, let's say, the lightweight steam processors, which just take a little state and, 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 and handle that. Actually, uh, from what we see uh, from, from our users, there are many uh, problems with uh, streaming systems uh, that are related to uh, usability, to, uh, to, to being able to conveniently work with a streaming system in a normal um, development environment that data scientists are used to. For example, to rerun in a repetitive way a given data source, make sure the results are the same every time uh, to, uh, to, to make sure to, to be able to simulate different impact, the impact of different changes to, to let's say machine learning algorithms to models and, and, and see the outcome. And these, uh, this, this, the idea of simulation means that actually uh, when you're doing a simulation, you're rerunning a data stream, you're doing something a bit more batch-like in a way because you have all the data batched, you just replay it. Yeah, all the data sitting there already curated and in the right tables and everything, right? Yeah. So, so we this this batch experience to to designing and modeling streaming systems is as something that we see as uh, as important for the future of the real time space in general, and 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 the feature we're happy to bring with Buffway. I, th this has been this has been great, Adrian. If people want to find out more about Pathway and about um, the products that you guys offer, specifically around time series data, logistics data, and, and data streaming, this, this weird space in between data streaming and batch, where do they go to find out more information? You'll find us at pathway.com. All the developer information is there, content, uh, numerous examples, all across uh, verticals from server log monitoring, anomaly detection, and different use cases to doing things like sentiment analysis on a social network, Twitter sentiment analysis, and the like. So you'll find all the examples there with, on, on our GitHub repos. Uh, don't hesitate to reach out to us on Discord anytime, uh, discord.gg slash pathway. Um, happy to, to, to discuss and, and, and learn about use cases uh, where you might find Pathway uh, useful as well. We see numerous ones across multiple verticals, not just logistics, real-time financial data, uh, data coming from uh, actual operations of engines and, and vehicles and, and all, all sorts of fascinating data sources. So happy to learn if we can help. Well, Adrian, it's been a pleasure having you on the show today. Thanks again. And um, hopefully, we'll, hopefully we'll talk again in the future. My pleasure entirely, Dan. Thank you so much for having me.
Thank you for listening to Embracing Digital Transformation today. If you enjoyed our podcast, give it five stars on your favorite podcasting site or YouTube channel. You can find out more information about Embracing Digital Transformation at embracingdigital.org. Until next time, go out and do something wonderful.